Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Are you tired of investing your time and your energy into relationships that go nowhere and you know deep down the common denominator is you. You have awareness that whatever you're doing right now in relationships is not working, it's not serving you, and you are ready to take ownership of this area of your life and finally learn how to embody a securely attached, confident woman who can attract a great relationship. If that's you, I have a very special invitation I want to invite you to apply to the Empowered, Secure, and Loved program. This is a program designed to help you no matter your attachment style, no matter your relationship past, it will help you move to secure attachment so that you can show up confident, you can communicate well, you can navigate any kind of conflict, and you can create that relationship that you've always wanted while simultaneously having high self-worth and high levels of self-love. If that's you and you know that in 2022, you are ready for a great relationship and you're committed to getting there, I want to personally invite you to apply to the ESL program Use the link in my Instagram bio. On Instagram, it's at Dr. Morgan Coaching, Dr. Morgan Coaching, and the link is also in the show notes. Spots are extremely limited, so go apply now to reserve your spot and start your journey to high self worth and great relationships. What's up? It's your host, Dr. Morgan, and today's episode is sure to be very helpful to many of you. And it's something that I have not talked about. And when I really think about it, I'm shocked that I haven't talked about it yet. That's pretty rare on this podcast since we're at almost 2 million listens and right around 270 or so episodes. So to have a topic that we haven't touched on yet, pretty shocking when it comes to relationships. Um, But today's is a great one. We are going to talk about the intersections of ADHD and insecure attachment styles. When I say insecure, I mean either anxious or avoidant or disorganized, any attachment style that is not securely attached. But this is the first time in the history of Let's Get Vulnerable that we are talking about how that relates to ADHD. We could also say neurodivergent. However, 
it does start to get pretty specific when you look at other disorders along a neurodivergent spectrum. So for the sake of being able to really speak to something and do it justice, today I'm going to focus on ADHD. There would be opportunity to discuss Asperger's, autism, and other developmental disorders or um, experiences on the neurodivergent spectrum. But today, I want to focus on ADHD. So funny story, I was going through graduate school. And one of my practicum placements was at Portland State University, shout out PSU, had an amazing placement there. And I was in the uh, learning assessment department. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was called, but I was giving um, psychoeducational evaluations. I was assessing for ADHD and other learning uh, disorders. And as I was giving these assessments and I had my colleagues were practicing on one another, it became very evident that I myself met criteria for ADD, attention deficit disorder. And at the time, this was not surprising to me. I had sort of a lifelong experience of feeling like I really struggled with organization. Um, those who know me know that there's times that I just forget things, no matter how much I care about someone, love someone. There are simply times where I've really struggled to organize information in a way that supports me. That being said, I still had found ways to succeed throughout my life, obviously completing a PhD, made it all the way up until honestly working on my dissertation. My dissertation is where it became really evident that I myself was experiencing ADHD symptoms. And I think that this needs to be talked about more is that there is such a spectrum. There are people where it's super evident early on and they get the help they need and they have probably a school counselor who's really tuned in and diagnoses it early. Fun fact, women are really ignored in this category early on because there's less chance of hyperactivity in females so what we see is that young boys often have their ADHD symptoms diagnosed much earlier on in life. Um, so anyways, there's such a journey on this. Everyone has their own journey. And I know I have listeners who maybe think they have ADHD and have never been diagnosed. That is a common experience. And it could be that you might have traits of it and you simply haven't met full criteria for the full diagnosis. I myself did go in for a full evaluation, have gone through the whole um, 
eval process and have officially met criteria, but not till I was 26. Um, Like I said, we all have our own journey. And if it's something you're curious about, I do encourage you to go forward with an evaluation and really get the answers. And what some of you might find is that you have traits of ADHD, yet you don't meet full criteria to have it as an official diagnosis, okay? And what I'm going to talk about today is still going to apply to you, even if you don't meet full criteria or you've never been officially diagnosed. What I'm going to talk about today will still apply to you. And what the main point is, is ADHD and insecure attachment absolutely have some overlap and they both have impacts on relationships. And it's highly likely, according to research, that the roots of ADHD can trace back to early relationships and that there's a high comorbidity between an insecure attachment style, whether it's anxious or avoidant, and ADHD. So what does that mean? It means that if you experience attachment issues, if you experience any kind of attachment dysregulation, it's likely that you could also be experiencing ADHD. And vice versa, if you experience ADHD, it's likely that you could be experiencing attachment issues. Is it always the case? No. No, no, no. So I want to just read some research to you. And this is from the Attachment Project. They do a really great job. Um, Let's go all the way back to the roots. Let's talk about this. Insecure attachment of caregivers is likely to predispose their children to ADHD. There have been implications for whether or not someone develops ADHD before they're even born. In a review of 29 different studies that examine how attachment can impact ADHD, results showed that if a primary caregiver had an insecure attachment style, then it was more likely that their child would develop ADHD. Whew, wild, right? Why is this? So here's what we know. For emotional regulation, for learning how to organize your thoughts, learning how to navigate what it is to be human, to navigate our emotions, to make decisions, to show up in the world. What does that require? It requires that we learn how to be tuned in and present to the present moment. And if we have a caregiver that is not able to tune in, that is not able to help us regulate our emotions, what does that mean? It means that we're not receiving the guidance to be able to learn the basic tools of emotional regulation, of 
being present, right? Essentially, a caregiver that's tuned out, that's not present, that's not tuned in to the child also creates a likelihood that the child is not going to know how to really tune into themselves and to be present and is not going to have the co-emotional regulation, meaning that they're not going to have a parent figure to co-regulate with them. So they never learn that skill. So let's see, let's read more here. If a child is biologically predisposed of having ADHD, their caregiver's attitude and levels of warmth towards them may predict whether or not they actually develop ADHD and attachment issues. Very interesting. Similar to children with insecure attachment styles, people that grew up in households where caregivers struggle to manage their negative emotions, such as in the case of mood disorders like depression, appear to be more likely to develop ADHD. These findings tie in with attachment theory's stance that a caregiver's sensitivity and attentiveness to their child's needs creates a strong bond. It also suggests that this bond can potentially lessen the risk of developmental disorders. Very, very interesting. So what we know, and this goes back into there's this wonderful model in developmental psychology, the diathesis stress model, where we look at um, there's things that we're all predisposed to. So you can be at a predisposition for drug addiction or a predisposition for even schizophrenia, right? There's these things, factors in your development that come together that make you predisposed to develop certain expressions of being is how I would define it. But what can happen is if your environment is strong enough, if the interventions from the environment, such as a highly tuned in caregiver in this case, if those are strong enough, it can be a protective factor against developing what you're predisposed to. And also vice versa, think about it this way. Let's say you're not very much predisposed to ADHD. However, you have a highly emotionally dysregulated caregiver who's really tuned out. You're much more likely to develop ADHD, even if you weren't necessarily genetically predisposed. Whew. I love these kinds of episodes. And I know my, my fellow nerds out there are like, yes. Let's talk about the research. Um, but I know it can sometimes be a lot, but I want to make this information accessible to you all and just help you really understand it and break it down. So let's talk about more here. What else? What else with this? So if we think about insecure attachment, what do we know? We know that with an insecure attachment style, you are more prone to depression and to anxiety and to difficulty regulating emotions. 
also with ADHD. The same is true, right? However, what we know in the research is that if someone has ADHD and they develop secure attachment, they are better able to regulate. So we find that really focusing on your attachment style and really understanding emotional regulation and really creating secure attachment with yourself and with other people, the research is implying that when you work on that, you're simultaneously working on treating your attention deficit, treating your attention disorders, which is really fascinating. Oddly enough, well, I mean, not oddly enough, but I guess coincidentally, this has absolutely been my personal experience. Of course, in the early days of being diagnosed with ADHD, I myself had taken tiny doses of Adderall in an attempt to help. And I honestly found that at times it worked and at times it was just a horrible experience. The beautiful thing is, is that through my own healing journey and learning how to regulate my emotions, learning how to set boundaries, learning how to create secure attachment within myself and within my relationships, I have found over time that my attention symptoms have greatly improved. So I have much more capacity for organization, for supporting myself in tedious tasks, for learning how to combat procrastination, for dealing with some of the mood elements of ADHD and learning how to really take care of myself. And I truly know that if I had just given up and taken Adderall my whole life, that I would be suffering from those side effects and I would not be at the place that I am right now in terms of my mood and my ability to create structure and routine and follow through. There's so much that I've healed through really focusing on my attachment style as a way to help me treat my ADHD, which obviously I was not aware of that those things were related. Um, I may have had some suspicion that they were, but through my own experience, through all of this research that's coming out, I can now confidently say that really focusing on your attachment healing can absolutely help you with symptoms of ADHD. Here's what I want to say. My big caveat, everyone's experience is different. I know people who take Adderall and they find it helps them function so much and it's a gift to them and they don't have the negative side effects. Yay for them. I absolutely 1,010% believe in doing what is best for you. So I just want to make sure that that's known. For me, it was not what was best. And I benefited from learning emotional regulation, how to take care of my body, how to take care of my mind, how to create secure attachment styles, how to create boundaries. Those were the things that really served me in healing. 
What a fun conversation this is. I'm being extra vulnerable. It's funny. There's a lot of things in life that I find myself being much more free to talk about because I am at this place of deep self-love and confidence and self-acceptance. So my episodes might get more and more vulnerable, y'all, because I really feel that I'm at such peace that I'm able to share. And I do believe in keeping things, keeping things to yourself if you haven't made peace with it yet yourself. But then once you do, you're so much, you're, you're just better able to share it with the world. So here we are. I'm talking about things I never planned on talking about, but it's because I've made peace with it and I'm comfortable. So all, any of you out there dealing with neurodivergent brain, I have so much compassion for you, so much love for you. I know it's not easy. I know it can lead to a ton of mood dysregulation, depression, anxiety, stress. Usually if you're not feeling depressed, you're feeling anxious with ADHD, it's like one or the other. Um, But there is healing. There is healing for you. And I just wanted to share with you the correlation between working on your attachment style and simultaneously working to heal ADHD. Um, There's so much research right now that is linking ADHD with trauma. And when we see the rise of ADHD in our society and that it is being diagnosed left and right, Um, let's look at the stats real quick. What are the stats? Diagnosis rates pulling it up from the CDC, which, you know, it's as accurate as we can get. But um, it looks like even in children alone, oh my gosh, these stats are wild. So even ages 12 to 17, it looks like 13% of children. Um, this is from 2019. So 13%, wow, that's like 3.3 million. Um insane. And then I was looking at other data that said across U.S. adults over age 18, it's estimating that 5 to 9% of the U.S. population has been diagnosed with ADHD. And that's just diagnosis. So what does this say? One thing I want to point out, remember, we were talking about attachment and the importance of having a tuned in parental figure, what's going on in our society. We have all of this access to media. We have our phones. We have so much distraction. We have things that we're endlessly comparing ourselves to on social media. We're going down the Instagram rabbit hole or good Lord, the TikTok rabbit hole. Um, We have a generation that is suffering right now from parents that are not able to be tuned in. And hey, I hear you. If you're a parent, I know it's hard. Um, And I think it's really important for us as a society to look at the impact that media um, is having on our ability to parent well. Children don't need a perfect parent, but they do need a parent that's tuned in. 
all of a sudden this became a parental advice podcast, (laughs) which does not feel good for me because I don't have children. So all of that to say, I know it's hard and I have a twin sister who's raising a five-year-old and a three-year-old and I witnessed that. I know it's really hard. Um, And learning how to tune in to be present with our kids, to teach them emotional regulation. There's a lot of us that did not experience that. And we know how much it would have meant to have a parental figure that can tune in, that can help you emotionally regulate, that can teach you to make peace with your emotions at an early age, right? Um, But there is such an epidemic of attachment disruptions of not being tuned in that the old numbers said 50% of the population had secure attachment. Unless we see some major interventions, we're going to see, this is my prediction, we're going to see increases in the number of people who grow up with insecure attachment styles. And we're going to see increases in ADHD And it all comes down to not learning how to emotionally regulate, how to tune in, how to be present with one another, and how to create bonds that feel secure and emotionally safe and stable. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Once again, my heart goes out to you if you experience a neurodivergent brain on any spectrum. I know the pain of that. Um, And I hope that this brought you some light bulbs. And also, if it really ignited your desire to heal your attachment style, to learn how to embody secure attachment, I want to invite you to join the Empowered Secure Love Program It's actually built for someone like, trust me, if you have ADHD, you will be able to be successful in this program because of the way that it's built. The modules are no fluff. It's experiential. There's a high touch component. You're getting group calls. You're getting one-on-one coaching. There is so much support and structure in this program that I know you can be successful regardless of your learning style. So I just want to invite you, if today spoke to you at all, if you know you don't want to continue the generational patterns of insecure attachment and potentially ADHD, if you know you're ready to break those patterns, apply today. We have limited spots in September. It's wild. I think we only have a couple spots in the program left. So grab your spot before they're gone. And of course, you all know I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk with you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching 
And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.